1: welcome to the second episode of series 28 everyone new manera with darcy ross
0: before we begin today's episode we want to take some time to talk about recent events mm-hmm. in the wake of the murder of george floyd protests have broken out all over the world demanding justice and calling for deep systemic changes We want to make it clear that we stand with those protesters and with the Black Lives Matter movement. Racism is not a flawed opinion of a select few, but a pervasive system of oppression that has been institutionalized and codified over hundreds of years and has touched every one of our lives. For those of us who are white, it has granted us inherent privilege that has been denied to members of the black community. We must acknowledge that fact and work to correct this imbalance by supporting meaningful and lasting change.
1: Yeah, the the violence uh, we have seen against protesters at the hands of the police uh, may seem shocking to many of us but for black people it is and has been a brutal uh, daily truth uh, the outrage and helplessness many of us feel cannot begin to compare to that of the Black community. Uh, In this moment, those of us in positions of privilege must take time for meaningful reflection and acknowledge that privilege even when it makes us uncomfortable.
0: We are asking members of our community to stand with those that have been oppressed and betrayed by this corrupt system. We encourage you to donate to organizations like the National Bail Fund or Black Lives Matter. We ask that you seek out minority businesses, artists and creators and support them. We ask that you take time to contact your local state and federal representatives and advocate for defunding the police and investment in black communities. We've put links in our show notes for places that you can donate and resources that you can use to educate yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, we have not always gotten things right here. Uh, Our privilege has often blinded us. Uh, There is always room for growth we hope that you will all join us as we try to do better Uh, we are all able to contribute in different but meaningful ways and no step is too small in this fight so please please take a look at the resources we have linked uh, in the show notes and join us in fighting for justice that is very long overdue episode of character creation cast. Amelia was creating a prepared nano who howls at the moon. Darcy was creating a nurturing wraith who crafts illusions. And I was creating a serene delve who moves like a cat. We're picking up right where we left off last time. Enjoy.
2: I think I'm going to create a hover disc as one of my plans because that sounds extremely Mm. awesome and I feel like that would be a fun thing to be able to like whip together so that's it's minimum crafting level is two which means like it'll probably be a level two or so task to create a sort of basic version of it but if Mm -hmm. I want to create like better versions um, so that's considered a vehicle which is pretty cool so we can all have hover discs maybe.
1: Nice. That'd be pretty sweet. So what
2: about yeah
1: I have a choice between light armor or one extra unit of responsive synth
2: so that is uh, if we're gonna be playing a lot with like the the crafting mechanic yeah responsive synth is a um, let me <laughs> let me show find a numenera plan that would be uh, something you can basically hack together to create ciphers to um, you know my my hover disk will uh, require different kinds of quote-unquote, Iodum. Mm-hmm. These are like, you know, to create my hover disc, I might need like a big weird sheet of metal. And that's kind of a basic thing, right? It's a, mm-hmm. I, I might need wood or, you know, some hard component to be the big disc. But then I need like the the Numenera oomph, right? Like yeah. what's the weird magical power behind the hover disc? And that's what you start using quote-unquote, Iodum for. Mm. These are responsive synth. Um, what are some other cool ones? They, uh, do-do-do-do-do. They're really fun. Uh, Azure Steel, Synth Steel, Apt Clay, uh, Amber Crystal, Oraculum. So there are all these different um, fancy kind of core components of Numenera magical power. And you can find them out in the world. You might need to go seek one out for like a really cool high level crafting you might want to do. And um, the right is not the only person who can craft. Anybody can craft. I'm just like a little more... I better at it i've got some skills and some training that's awesome yeah so i got
1: uh i come with two ciphers nice. chosen by the gm uh we don't have a gm so let me roll some dice then cool uh, yeah because i'm assuming you have a list somewhere
2: yes in the book there is a part six numenera uh chapter 17 ciphers Cypher list uh one thing i do deeply appreciate is all the mcg books are very hyperlinked and bookmarked mm-hmm. yes so you can and i know that work is like really hard super, super tedious it's super tedious to do
0: some of that for their job
2: sometimes yeah so thank you bear whiter and zoa smalley who have done this for us and some other folks <laughs> we've contracted to um your heroes who live forever in my heart cool so let me know when you roll a percentile, and I will give you a cipher.
1: Awesome. So uh, I rolled 38, <laughs> which is one higher than what was guessed.
2: Yes. You get a hunter-seeker. Ooh. Let me pull that up. Very fun.
1: And I get two ciphers, so this is interesting.
0: Oh, yes. I get three. What?
2: Dang. Cool. A hunter-seeker uh, can come in different forms, so like the GM can decide or you could decide. Uh the effect is with long range movement, this intelligent missile tracks and attacks a specific target uh that must be within sight when selected. Um if it misses, it continues to attack one additional time per cipher level until it hits. Mm. For example, a level four hunter seeker will attack a maximum of five times. Different hunter seekers have different effects. Cool. Wanna roll again on the percentile? Yeah, let's, let's find do out it. what kind you got. What kind do I got? Eighty-four. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh you get one that explodes, inflicting six points of damage to all within immediate range. So you got a super explosive one. Noise. And then do you want to roll a D6 for me to determine yeah, its do. level?
1: Come on, six. Six.
2: Oh wow, cool. Yeah. So you have a very powerful one. So you know, if someone tries to like uh shoot your missile out of the sky, it'll probably be like, it'll act as a level six thing, which is really high. So like some little level three, you know, soldiers who you're, uh, you know, who are attacking you from their hideout uh, are not going to be able to get this missile out of the sky Mm because they're too low of level. So what one thing that's really nice is there, the GM doesn't roll in Numenera. Mm -hmm. And so when you're dealing with like NPCs, and like what they're doing, you do a lot of just like comparing levels. Like everything in Cypher is just level. Is it a high level? Is it low level? Most <laughs> <Low> stuff is <laughs> less good.
1: <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool. So, my other Cypher is a Mono Blade.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Which sounds super sweet. It
2: is really one of my favorite. Uh, it is definitely one of my favorite Ciphers. So, the Mono Blade. Uh, produces a six-inch blade that's the same level as the cipher. The blade cuts through any material of a level lower than its own. Again, everything is levels. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, If used as a weapon, it is a light weapon that ignores armor of a level lower than its own. So it really like dives in. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. And so because it's the same level, uh, so the the cipher will do. So let's let's roll your level. Let's roll my level. Oh, just one. Plus two. Oh, that's okay. It's still nice. One plus two. So three. So you have a level three mono blade. Uh, It will do three points of damage, ignoring armor for any sort of low level, like, you know, three or lower mm-hmm. NPCs or, you know, like the whole, like the whole of like, you know, a really robust spaceship might not be able to get, this might not be able to pierce quite through, but like walls are going to be absolutely bladed through and the blade lasts for 10 minutes so you've nice. got it for a while cool do you want to roll up some ciphers amelia
0: i do yeah i really do okay <laughs> uh
2: 97 Ooh.
1: i like those big numbers
2: vocal translator
0: Ooh. Ooh.
2: oh i'm so excited um there are some other books too that give you like lots more ciphers. Um, so there's Sir Arthur's Guide, which is like a, just a book full of cool ciphers and artifacts and oddities. Uh, so there's plenty more, but the book comes with a bunch. So vocal, where is it? Vocal Translator. Its effect is that it translates everything said by the user into a language that anyone can understand for 28 hours per cipher level. Oh, wow. oh Yeah, A day on the ninth world is 28 hours long. Don't worry about it uh so why don't you roll a d6 two cool so uh it'll do for two whole days this thing will make you un- intelligible by any person that can understand language uh so there are some other details on these ciphers like you know, is it an internal thing or a wearable thing? So this suggests that it's a headband. If you get like a wearable version of it, or if it's internal, it could be a pill or an ingestible liquid. Like I could make a cool, weird Numenera tea for you. That's a cipher like this. Um, nice. But often what I do is like, when you use it, like tell me what it looks like. That's usually how I GM it just because I'm lazy and don't want to write it all down. <laughs> <laughs> so Cool. Uh, what's your next one, Amelia? Uh, 92. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Time dilation nodule. Defensive. So let's pull that up. <laughs> this this is going to be fine. Uh-huh. I'm sure this is fine. <laughs> cool. A time dilation nodule is... Uh, has the effect of for the next twenty-eight hours, the next day, the attacker moves at almost instantaneous speeds when they. Oh, the, I, I'm reading the wrong one. For the defensive time dilation nodule, the wearer of the armor moves in seemingly random rapid jumps, a few inches to one side or the other when attacked. This is an asset, meaning it lowers the difficulty of a related task that eases a tasks eases attacks by two steps. Uh, that. Wild. (laughs) No, they must. I found a typo. Good job, me. (laughs) That eases defenses by two steps. Uh, Three levels if it's a super high level cipher. So basically you're able to duck and dodge out of the way. And lots of times ciphers, like this is a thing that is very obviously like fashioned to act as like an armor that like helps you defend Mm -hmm. and jump out of the way. But like Numenera is very... Lends itself toward like MacGyvering weird solutions with the weird tools that you have. So I can imagine a world where people use this not to defend from attacks, but to dodge out of the way of falling stalactites and, mm-hmm. you know, other like kind of unusual cases like that. So why don't you roll me a, a D6? I got a four. Ooh, cool. So uh, it will, you're, it's going to ease your defenses by two steps. So. Cool, cool, cool. All right. One more. Awesome.
0: 35.
2: Let's see what that is. 35 is a gravity nullifier. All right. (laughs) Maybe I don't need the hover disc. (laughs) Cool. What do you do, gravity nullifier? For one hour, the user can float into the air, moving vertically, but not horizontally without some other action like pushing along the ceiling or being towed by a rope, probably. So uh, for one hour, you can float into the air, moving vertically up to a short distance per round. And a short distance is like um, like a couple of feet, uh, like maybe two yards. Um, it's It's in the rules somewhere, but Numenera is very like not working on a grid. You're either immediate, short distance, or long distance, or like way far. <laughs> <laughs> the user must weigh... Uh, uh, less than 50 pounds per level of the cipher. So, why don't you roll the level of that cipher? See how much I weight. Have
0: four again.
2: Wow. So, the level is a D6 plus three for this one. So, seven. So, you have many hundreds of pounds of weight. You have seven times 50. 350? <laughs> mm-hmm. I can math.
3: <laughs> so,
2: uh, you have something that can lift 350 weight, uh, pounds of weight for any user for a while. Oh, Very nice. cool. Yeah. So I'm sure you can already see how like if you're exploring a dungeon, these ciphers will really like change your options. You Mm -hmm. you have your existing abilities, but you've got these this rotating cast of strange abilities you can throw out once and Mm -hmm. find really innovative solutions to things.
1: And it's really cool because uh, when you're in the thick of things, you're going to find ciphers here and there. Yes. And you kind of want to use the ones you have so you can actually pick up more since there's that cipher limit.
2: Yes, exactly. That's what the Cypher Limit is for, encouraging you to use them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so
1: you don't have the the Final Fantasy syndrome of, I've got 99 high potions. I can't use them because then if I do, (laughs) then I need to get more.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'm playing FF7 for the first time, the original, and I I feel you. I'm finally getting to the point. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Hoarding.
1: (laughs) I've got 99 cabins. What? (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, come at me. Uh, Amelia, do you have one more, or you had... No, that was three. I have one oddity, though. I have one oddity as well. Oddities are my favorite part of equipment in Numenera. It is so good. So, (laughs)
3: um,
2: I'm going to take two ciphers. I'm going to take a force screen projector. Oh, I I get three. Uh, I'll just take two for now and keep one slot open in case we find stuff in our adventure. So I've got a force screen projector, which creates an immobile plane of solid force, 20 feet by 20 feet for one hour per cipher level. Mm. And the plane conforms to the space available. So if you've got like a weird shaped archway, it'll just, it, you have that surface area and it'll like throw up a good like force field basically. Nice. And the other one I'm taking is uh, a catholicon. Uh, it is a, it's an injector that's going to cure any disease of the cipher level or lower. So I've got a cool mm. like anti-disease thing. Awesome. Okay. So you get an oddity. They are so fun. So we're going to roll on the oddity table. So Numenera come in three, three-ish broad categories, um, sort of artifacts, ciphers, and oddities. Uh, artifacts are pieces of Numenera that work so well that they can like keep being used. So you get a couple uses out of them, but eventually, you know, it's ancient. It'll like go haywire. So you sort of roll to a depletion roll every time you use it and find out like, is this the time it kind of? you know, stops on Mm. us. Ciphers are one use and oddities are intended to be (laughs) like just strange little, um, you know, Mm knickknacks, right? Little weird pieces of Numenera that are odd. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so this is what the chapter has to say about oddities. Like, you know, these provide verisimilitude. You know, not everything that you're going to find is like intended for explorer to use. And second, they're interesting. You can use them for like barter or gifts. And third, and perhaps more more important, they add more mystery and feelings to the unknown to the world and the game because they are really odd. You know, why Mm -hmm. did someone make this? What could this possibly be for? So let's roll on the oddity table Mm -hmm. at D100.
1: Yeah, I got 99 for mine.
2: Oh, boy. Okay you uh my dear delve get a box filled with two dozen spherical magnets each about the size of a pea
1: i love that uh is yep. the, what is that Buckyballs? is that the thing that uh that i've got
2: Buckyballs. yeah awesome There's yeah magnetic, heck
1: yeah uh things that they banned because people were swallowing them. <laughs> Oh my god!
2: <laughs> yeah, it
1: was, it was mostly like if kids were swallow more than one of them, uh, they could pinch v- a part of their very bad once they once they bit. get into the intestinal area. Uh, yeah, especially.
2: Well, you already as a delve, you understand the dangers uh-huh. of the strange little magnets. <laughs> these little pea-sized magnets.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, Amelia, what do you roll?
0: Thirty-three.
2: Thirty-three. Very exciting. You. Awesome. You get a small wand-like device that keeps away normal insects in a five foot radius. Mm. I'm like already imagining like the campfire scene that we have where we're all like (sighs) trying to like (laughs) just absolutely glue ourselves next to Amelia's character. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, And would someone mind rolling a percentile for me? I don't have my dice right here. Twenty. 20. Thank you. A plastic bottle containing a spray that cleans any stain and never runs out. Aww. Okay, cool. I'm not an armorer anymore. I'm definitely a tailor.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: Cool. That has decided that mm-hmm. character trait for me. <laughs> oh, I love
1: it. Infinite stain so, remover. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. I feel like um, maybe I'm, I, I'm getting the sense that th- there's a world in which Amelia and my character are very like concerned with like the elements being like, bad, and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't like getting dirty, and Amelia doesn't like getting bit by insects, which is very legit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're also traveling with this Delve who, like, you know, (laughs) I I assume eats lava for breakfast and just... isn't afraid of any mud hole <laughs>
1: yeah uh, I, I picture that uh, as many times as my character will flip over uh, walls and crawl under the the smallest nooks and crannies to get to the the deepest darkest places of these caves and dungeons uh, we all look immaculate yeah <gasps> Like we get out of the dungeon. All our clothes are like shiny. (laughs) It's like, did you even do anything? (laughs) So we got all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Like rival exploring parties are always baffled by Uh, us. I'm sure
1: I, I can see it being like kind of this legend of like, they're so good that they don't even get dirty.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I, for some reason I have the like Jesse and James and Meowth like animation scenes for us. Like we emerge from a dungeon and
3: we've
2: uh-huh. uh, got like sparkles. <laughs> um, yeah. So you uh, in your type, it leads you through picking um, some equipment and then it leads you into your first first tier ability. Mm-hmm. So you'll want to pick uh, however many options of that it gives you. So, so I come yeah. with
1: uh one weapon. Cool. And since I'm proficient in light or medium, I get to choose, I meant I would imagine. Um yep. I also gets to choose between like melee or ranged of some sort. Yep. Goodness. So um, there is a list be. of
2: weapons if you like, but yeah. again, because the, the mechanics behind it are so uh standardized, yeah, like make up whatever weapon you like. Yeah. <laughs> So I will be taking. Uh, I think there's some equipment that I really like, that like that are very evocative for me personally. Oh, I like the cisk. Um It is a, a solid bladed throwing disc about the diameter of a human head. Mm. Uh, it's a short range weapon, uh, and I just think it's like really cool looking. Okay. Um, is that
1: like a uh, so, like Xena's chakra?
2: Uh it that is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> So I'm going to have a sisk. There's a little light weapon, mm-hmm. two points of damage. Uh, shins are the currency in Numenera uh, with sort of a, you know, big air quotes across that. Uh, the ninth world is a place that's like, you kind of know the weirdness that is in your surrounding area if you're not an explorer. And so, you know, you don't have like highways and stuff, right? So as you explore the, the steadfast, which is kind of the more explored part of the region. It has like cities and bigger populations than like the beyond. Uh, You'll still, you'll still find like pockets where people don't really like, they sort of have an all bartering economy or maybe you've reached a a village that like no one pays for anything. Like you just sort of share. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But in many cities that tend to like trade with each other, they will trade in shins. And these are like pretty shiny pieces of like, Decently valuable, like metals or synthetic materials, um, and it's basically just little like shinies. <laughs> and so you'll get some number of shinies, and you can trade them for, you know, weapons and a knight at an inn and hmm. things like that.
1: So I'm going to uh, lean into my Assassin's Creed obsession and go yes. with a, a hidden forearm blade that's oh, that's retractable. Sweet.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Do you want that to be medium or light? Medium.
1: Um. Part of me thinks medium uh, just for the brutality of it, Um, (laughs) but part of me thinks light as well. Oh, it's hard to say.
2: Uh, I feel like if I was jamming this, I would say you should take both, and you could just – you start with some starting shins, you know, Mm -hmm. pay two shins and have a light weapon too.
1: Oh, yeah, please. Or like
2: two versions of it. Maybe you can have two modes. There's like a a lever you switch. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a sh- short blade in some cases, and you can, like, flip it to the long blade setting.
1: Yeah, I like that. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. Um, I have a ranged weapon that requires ammunition, apparently, is one of the things they recommend I start with. Um, although I could always trade stuff out for shins and so on. So I guess I'll have, like, a little little light bow that makes sense. Oh, it says if you start with a ranged weapon that needs ammunition, you also start with ammunition. That makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> okay, nice. then I've got my Sisk, uh, and I've got my Oddity. I've got my ciphers, got crafting tools because I'm a cool crafter. Some shins, and I have some starting Iodum, which is like those special componentry if I want to like whip up a cool Numenera plan. Okay. I start with a light weapon,
0: and I'm going to go with a razor ring. I love the razor ring. But I want it to be like a bracelet.
2: Yes. Uh, Tell me what it looks like. So it's like a bracelet that – is it like a – can you like – do you slip it off your wrist, or does it like –
0: I want it to be, like, something that, like, where the pieces, like, interlink, and then, oh. like, if you pull it a certain way, they, like, pop up. You know how, like, bracelets, like, have beads that are, like, you know, if, like, it's, like, little triangles or something yes. that kind of, like, fit together? But, like, if you pull it the other way, that they, like, pop up.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh Does it, like... Look, um, I want to know so much more about your character. I guess, I guess I will wait. But like, I don't know anything. About I know, him yet. but I want to know what you look like. Like, so much of Numenera is like weird fashion. There's a lot of cool character right. art in here, and like, uh, I, I, I really, well, like, I still
0: haven't figured out like
2: what my like anthropic form oh, I is, know. either. That's exciting. Cool. Well, maybe that'll come together as we keep going. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I can take some, I can choose two of these quote unquote inspired techniques. So these are my like special weird abilities for being a right. Um, Oh, very neat. Oh, yeah, this is t- this is the most Darcy ability in this book. Um, <laughs> it's called right tool for the job. Mm. Uh, it requires one intellect point. I-, I have an edge, so it'll be free for me, and plus iotum. So I'll need some iotum, some special Numenera goodness to make it work. But. If I have at least one unit of iotum, I can fashion a temporary device that provides an asset to one physical non-combat task identified ahead of time. This is like totally the MacGyver ability. Like, oh, I've got this paperclip. Of course I can, uh, <laughs> you know, help you. Um, what would be a cool physical task to do? I don't know. Uh, weave this magical quilt, right? Mm-hmm. Magical quilt weaving, naturally. I will I will spend <laughs> an iotum, which is important and hard to find, but- Uh, I can can help you out with that one ability. That seems really fun. And it lasts for about a minute. So maybe I could, it's something I can build that will help the two of you, right? So maybe like our delve can climb really well, but maybe the two of us are like facing a really hard task trying to get up this weird floating obelisk and I can fashion a little like helpful grappling hook for us. Very cute. I think the other thing I'm going to take is... Uh, scan for IOTM. Uh I, I do really want to like find a lot of this stuff. And so uh, it basically, uh, when I scan an area, it grants an asset, uh, helps out with one level of difficulty mm. for initial salvage test tasks in the area to figure out like what's um, salvaging stuff. So it'll make it much easier for probably our delve, hopefully. Hopefully I'll be able to be like, I've got a weird beeper on my, I don't know, robot arm panel that helps me like, oh, that pile that pile of ancient trash over there is not what we should check out. We should check out this ancient pile. Hello, Delve. <laughs> Please help. Please go get dirty
0: for
2: us. <laughs> <laughs> uh what are some of your abilities? Hold
0: on. I gotta get back to that page.
2: Yeah. So you have Esoteries, Amelia. Yes. Um so
0: I picked um, since I went for prepared before, I think yeah. I would pick things that went along with that. So I picked scan, oh yeah, um, which a great is ability. two luck points. You can scan an area, um, it reveals its level, um, and you can learn facts from the GM what they feel is pertinent. I don't yeah, read this whole thing. Um, and then I also picked ward.
2: Ooh, um, that's a great! You have idea. a shield
0: of energy around you at all times that helps deflect attacks. You gain plus one armor.
2: That's so. awesome.
0: Yeah, I figured those made sense. They do. That sounds great. They're not like the most exciting ones, but
2: <laughs> there will be plenty more excitement to Both have. Prepared? But- <laughs> yes, we we really are are sounding like some very prepared delvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and um, let me know what you pick, Delver friend.
1: Yeah. So uh, I have a question. Yes. Um. So one of the things I can choose is additional training. Uh, which gives me yeah. two extra trained skills, and I've got uh, from my skill list. Uh, it says choose from the following, um, and it just has a list of skills, but it doesn't say that I'm trained in those.
2: Uh, if you if you get a skill, you start out as trained. Oh,
1: beautiful. Okay, mm-hmm. so then I can choose two additional skills if I choose this, um, which navigation and sensing danger sounds
2: good. Ooh. That sounds great.
1: Um, so I think I'm going to go with those. And then I'm torn between find the way,
2: uh, oh.
1: which will be really helpful in a lot of situations, um, or trained without armor, uh, which means that you are trained in speed defense tasks when not wearing armor.
2: Yeah. Both are good.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking since I move like a cat, I probably won't be wearing armor all that much.
2: Mm-hmm. Right
1: hmm
2: oh i like that that's a that's a good combo
1: yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna do additional training for that navigation and and sensing danger and then i'm going to choose trained without armor
2: nice very cool so it'll be easier for you to dodge attacks when you're not wearing armor Mm -hmm. which feels very move like a cat. yeah uh one of the other things we have to do that comes from our type is our our pool starting uh, distribution. So we got to pick our stats. Um, we have might, speed, and intellect. Uh, I start out with nine might, seven speed, and twelve intellect. Um, I have an edge in intellect, so it will I will be moving through those points more slowly. And uh, my nurturing descriptor gives me plus two to might. I'm sort of. Uh, I'm a caregiver. That's very interesting. <laughs> I'm also trained in healing tasks from that. And uh, people who spend the day with me get to recover more points of to their pools when they sort of take recovery roles. Nice. When they catch their breath, you'll get more points back. Nice. Very cute. Uh, so I'm going to distribute the extra six that I get from those. Uh, everybody starts with some number of values and then gets six to distribute usually.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think I want to be a little quicker. So I'm going to keep 11 at my might. I'm going to add three to my speed to bring it to 10 and I'm going to add three to my intellect to bring it to 15. So I'm at 11 might, 10 speed, and then lots of intellect. So yeah. I'm a little, you know, decently rounded.
1: Okay. So I start with uh, nine might, nine speed, nine, 10 intellect.
2: Oh, cool. So you really start out uh, well-rounded. Mm-hmm.
1: So I get six additional points, to divide them on your stat pool. Um, that's interesting. Um, is, there, is there like a maximum?
2: Nope. Well, okay. Go to town.
1: I think I'll put <laughs> one in might to get us to 10. And then I will put um, three in speed to get me to 12. And then two to intellect to get me to 12. So I'll be 10, mm-hmm. 12, 12.
2: Cool. Nice. And then, do you get any points from your pool for for being a uh, serene?
1: Ooh, that's a very person? good question. Um, me, might I might, yeah, that's the descriptor, you take, right?
0: You get plus two to your intellect. Nice. Ooh,
1: self possessed. Plus two to your intellect pool.
0: Cool. I like that. So I started with seven might, nine speed, and twelve intellect. Um, I got plus four to my speed for being prepared.
2: Wow. That's really cool.
0: Um, so I put four more into my might and two more into my intellect. So I'm at 11, 13, and 14.
2: Nice. Does prepared come with any cool ability it gives you to? Um, I
0: have, let's see here, tool aficionado. Ooh. Um, if a tool enables a non-combat task but does not provide an asset, you gain an asset to the task when using that tool.
3: Mm.
2: Ooh. Um, then it sounds like you can kind of cover us MacGyver-wise. Maybe I'll take a different write-ability. Yeah, yeah so I also have a bag of light tools. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, we're going to, like, absolutely be so good at I've got it. A, all I've
1: things, got a pack so. of light tools as well.
2: Nice. Excellent.
1: Um my,
2: but
0: I'm really bad at being surprised. So. <laughs> hmm. Because so you're not usually surprised, so it's extra surprising when you are. I like the first that. action you take after being surprised, or when a foe attacks before
2: you have acted <gasps> oh.
0: is hindered. Goodness. That's
2: extremely charming. <laughs> uh, oh, cool! I'm gonna take Scramble Machine instead of Right Tool for the Job, hmm. which is very fun it's two intellect points I render one machine within short range unable to function for a round so I can kind of do it at a distance too so I can imagine that like uh, working well with our delve um, if I'm sort of mm-hmm. staying back but I see a, a weird ray starting to fire up its laser at you <laughs> maybe I can scramble machine so I have a question yeah. for
0: skill it says you're trained in initiative tasks Great. question.
2: That yeah. So when we get into, uh, either a combat or something else where we want to kind of go round by round to like really feel how this fast paced tense situation goes out, uh, we will usually roll a- an initiative roll and to find out who gets to act in what order. So, uh, how we do that is if we have a level five, um, Slidakin. This is like a horrible Numenera monster that I love. That I think <laughs> is in the both the both books. It should be in um, the orange one and the new the new core books. It's like this horrible humanoid with like uh, mouths instead of eyes, kind of all over its face. It's really gross and dangerous. Um, so let's say it's a level five Slidakin, and we're gonna like face off with it and try to uh, maybe run away from it or attack it or something. Uh, the Slithkin is level five. We would all roll our initiative rolls and, uh, let's, let's just do it. Why don't we do it for an example? So you're okay. trained in initiative tasks. So you're going to be act as a level higher nice. basically. Okay. So if I roll for initiative, I rolled a 15, which is really much better than I usually roll. First of all. Uh, so that's a level five, right? Um, uh, Three times five is fifteen. So I beat level five creatures and so I will go ahead of it. What do you guys roll? I rolled a seven. <laughs> okay. A seven would be a level two. Uh, but you act as a level three. So if there were some other creatures, you know, in this gotcha. melee, you would go above them. And what about okay. you, Ryan?
1: So I missed what you said about oh. this.
2: Yeah, this is initiative rolls. Okay. So um, there's a level five creature and we're rolling to find out if we go ahead of it or behind it. Okay. So roll a d20. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: A one. <laughs>
2: oh, yay. A one is a free GM intrusion. So I don't have to offer you an XP, uh, but I get to complicate your life. Oh, some I know. Very I fun. know
1: Amelia likes that.
0: do it to her yeah exactly
2: (laughs) awesome yeah so basically you'll um, act as a level higher Mm -hmm. and um, you know we basically people are free to play around with initiative many people have different preferences and the book sort of addresses different valid ways to do it but uh, the way it usually recommends is there's like the enemies have levels and the NPCs that go in between them can decide what order they go in between Mm -hmm. those those people okay so it's pretty loosey-goosey yeah
1: um,
3: cool. i'm cool
2: i've got my abilities i've got my pool points we've yeah. got equipment we've got ciphers and oddities anything else you're seeing that uh you want to draw out other otherwise other than going into like the background stuff
1: yeah well i looked at my uh serene and my uh moves like a cat yeah so my moves like a cat tier one gives me reflexes which oh, is cool. uh plus five to my speed pool Dang. Um, as well as balance you are trained in balancing wow um so that's nice
2: that sounds very useful
1: (laughs) and then uh, my serene gives me uh you're trained in intellect defense so if i've got no armor i'm trained in both intellect and speed defense which is oh my
2: gosh that's awesome
1: um i'm also hard to rile so i'm trained in all (laughs) actions that involve overcoming or ignoring the effects of fear intimidation or panic
2: Wow, I could I can imagine that being really useful um, in all kinds of situations. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I should look at my focus. I haven't looked at that yet. So my focus tier one ability, um, and sometimes your focus gives you other stuff. Like craft illusion gives me an additional oddity, which is very fun. Oh,
3: nice!
2: I have an oddity that. Uh, in addition to my stain begone, I have an oddity that appears to be a piece of clear glass in a synth frame. Synth is kind of like stronger plastic. By manipulating hidden switches on the frame, I can make random moving images appear on the glass. The images are usually strange and sometimes incomprehensible. Mm. So I've kind of got like a weird little tablet thing. Uh, if I have esoteries, um It makes my abilities look psychedelic. (laughs) They have flamboyant visual and auditory qualities of your choosing. That's very fun. That would be really fun for a nano. Cool. So my tier one ability is minor illusion. It costs one intellect point and I can create a single image of a creature or object within immediate range. Um, There's some limitations about how big I can make it and I can't really do. uh, I can do sound but not smell. And yeah. it lasts for 10 minutes. And so later on, I'll get, like, better illusions, basically. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Amelia? What's your f- uh, focus ability?
0: Uh, whew. Yeah. <laughs> it's beast form. Uh-huh. Right. Um, on five consecutive nights each month, you change <laughs> into a monstrous, monstrous beast for up to one hour each night. Um, it has different stats. So plus eight to your might, plus one to your might edge plus two to your speed, and plus one to your speed edge. Uh, While in beast form, you cannot spend intellect points for any reason other than to try to change to your normal form before the one hour duration is over. In addition, you attack any and every living creature within short range. Uh After you revert to your normal form, you take a negative one penalty to all rolls for one hour. If you did not kill and eat at least one substantial creature while in beast form, the penalty increases to negative two and affects all your rolls for the next
2: 28 hours. Whoa, you need to hunt. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, and you've got to either pick a creature or like just, you know, you'll have to tell us what kind of cool creature you turn into. You can totally make it up. Um, One thing I've seen a lot with this focus is like, you know, Like you'd find in any kind of movie or something, right? Like lots of people either embrace it or want to like control their form better. And so you might seek out Numenera that helps you like, you know, be able to like, you know, uh, limit when you when you turn or somehow Mm. like hold you back. So I could see that being all kinds of cool narrative options. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so excited. That's so
1: nice. Um, Awesome. I had one addendum to my weapon yeah um instead of it being like you know different lengths or whatever i think when it's when it's extended it's just a a a light weapon right yeah but when you want it to do an extra oomph for medium damage you have to time it to uh retract or to extend as you're getting to the yeah
2: that's that's really cool and that narratively makes so much sense like why it would be rather than your attack being eased because it's a light weapon. Yeah. It's a, you have to time it. So it's that level harder. Yeah, to
1: exactly. Hit.
2: That's so cool. Oh, I love it.
1: The spring action.
2: Oh, spring action dagger, <laughs> hidden dagger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Cool. So we are most of the way through character creation walkthrough. And now we're to um, the part that uh, you can absolutely just choose your background. And as a team come up together with like, what's your backstory? How'd you get together? What, you know, adventure are you on or in, in sort of Numenera's very menu options, but freedom to choose beyond style, uh, both all of your, uh, your little character sentence words give you some of some backstory to choose from. Mm, I like that. So, your type gives you a connection to the world. Mm-hmm. Your focus gives you a connection to one other player character, and your descriptor gives you a connection to the first adventure. So you can roll for them or choose. Um, so I'm going to look at my type first.
0: Let me pull I rolled for roll. that one, and it's perfect. Is it? Oh, it's perfect. Okay, so I rolled an eleven. While studying to be a nano, you worked as an assistant for a seamstress, making friends with the owner and the clientele. Oh, nice.
2: What? <laughs> Isn't it perfect? It's, it's so good. Perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, Whoa. That's really cool. Was that like me or someone we both worked under? Let, let me roll mine and we'll see. Okay. Like how if, if that fits with me at all. I'm. That's awesome. Okay. So I rolled a 12. Oh, my God. Uh, Your best friend from your youth is now a hated outlaw, though others say they are a hero. You're not sure where the truth lies. Oh, fun. Mm, Very interesting.
1: All right. So, mine, I rolled an 11. Uh, You taught children for many years, but those days are behind you now.
2: Ooh, very cool. (laughs) Uh, If you like it, you can keep it. If you don't, you can elaborate on it or roll again. Uh.
1: That's a very good question, because I, I I like that having that as part of uh, the character's backstory. But um, hmm, mm-hmm. I wanted something with a little more oomph.
2: Yeah, roll again. Anyway, or... I'm gonna roll again. I I've done all the above. I've done the ignoring nothing, using nothing on the table, uh-huh. rolling, re-rolling, <laughs> picking.
1: Oh, this one's okay. This one's interesting. As an envoy uh, working in a distant city, you made friends that you still miss today.
2: Ooh, hmm. that could be us. That could be. Nice. And we could maybe, like, if we were going to set up that first adventure, we might, like, pick what city it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have some, like, cool connections there. Yeah. Maybe it's our home city or, or something.
1: Maybe I, I was uh, working as an envoy teaching children
2: yeah that could be really cool oh my gosh i'm imagining you as the um parks and rec <laughs> johnny karate right like you're just oh, like yeah. but you know you're like an actual explorer and like competent person yeah. like are you training them in like little kid like dungeon delving technique yeah. or something else <laughs> this, this
1: also uh screams it's like
2: little cub scouts yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: This also works uh, on a like a more uh, juvenile Doctor Jones uh, level, well, instead Ooh. of teaching college level students about archaeology, uh, teaching kids.
2: That is really smart. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, are you imagining yourself like being really interested in like ancient, like specific, specific like ancient civilizations? Like, are you imagining more a Lara-, Lara Croft type, which is like. That dope vase over there has a lot of cool worth, yeah, or like an Indiana Jones, like this weird civilization archaeologist.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say because, um, I'm thinking like uh, Lara Croft in terms of ability and uh, Dr. Jones in terms of like interest in the ancient past.
2: Cool, I think that's a great fit. Awesome, so. I would pick focus next is what I would go to, although there's no wrong answer. Mm -hmm. So my focus is craft illusions and my connection to another PC. uh, I get to choose one of the following. So let me look through these and pick one. Oh my gosh. One is I can pick two other PCs who are willing to be trained as my assistants. When I use my minor illusion ability, if both of them are in immediate range, they can assist me working to ease the action. That's kind of neat.
1: That's pretty sweet.
2: I, I'm not exactly thinking of myself as like grand illusionist. I'm thinking I'm a bit more subtle, but (laughs) Oh, there's always like, what I like about these is some of them are mechanical. Many of them are just curious story things. Um, this might be the one, this might be a fun one. One of the other ones is, one of the other PCs face is so intriguing to me in a way I don't understand that my minor illusions sometimes look like them even when I don't intend them to. That's like a cool problem. Oh, that's really fun. Uh, Someone else can like, has a special angle on my illusions and can point out potential places of weakness. So they're like really uh, observant. And the other person, the other option is, someone is never fooled by my illusions and never affected by the trickery of my special abilities. I can choose whether I or not. I know this fact. That's really fun.
1: (laughs) That is fun.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Okay. I'm having trouble picking one of those. Is anyone grabbed by one of those is like something they would like to be a part of either. Like, yeah,
1: I really like, uh, the one that was talking about working together.
2: Yeah. Uh, Because
1: it it really feels like this team has a lot of like built in synergy.
2: Cohesion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. I don't love that. Like I have trained you as my assistants, but maybe it's just because like we've spent a lot of time together, Mm -hmm. like where you're, it's not it's not that I've trained you it's that we're really good together mm-hmm. and like you know how to like work with me to contribute to this illusion yeah if that sounds good yeah or maybe like you know in campfire scenes right like I'm like studying up trying to like do better and you both like give me feedback and so
3: mm-hmm. I like that I, like
2: look to you two as like very helpful like advisors on my illusions
3: hmm
0: cool uh, my connection is pick one other PC. That character is able to soothe you when you're in your beast form.
3: Mm.
0: You'll never attack them while transformed. And if they spend three consecutive turns using their action to calm you down, you can revert to normal form wow. without having to make a Ooh. roll. That's really cool. Yeah. So I feel like, Darcy, yes. if that's okay with you, yeah. Um, I think I would like it to be you because I feel like we... Worked together at this tailor shop. I think for, so. For this
2: seamstress, mm-hmm. so maybe I was like one of the early people to like know about this yeah. thing with you, and we sort of worked it out together. Yeah. Cool.
1: Hmm. I love that. So I, I'm trying to choose between two of them. Okay. Um, the other two, uh, I don't like as much. <laughs> the ones totally that I'm, legit. the ones that I'm not choosing. Um, their occasional clumsiness and loud behavior irritate you. Oh, <laughs> uh, and uh, the other one I'm not choosing is they owe you a significant amount of money.
2: Oh, uh, neat.
1: So I, I like.
2: Sometimes those are fun to go with, where you yeah. get some like party antagonism. But I feel like it's better in a big group. And like, I think you're right that like our our deal right now is that we work really well together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, one the one of them that I looked at, uh, this character comes from the same place you do, and you knew each other as children. Ooh. So that would be like a really. Uh, in-depth relationship marker there. um, Which is kind of cool. The other one is you aid them with advice and a helping hand when they need it. Anytime the two of you are next to each other, balancing, climbing and jumping tasks are eased for them. Oh, neat. Yeah.
2: Oh, both of those are really cool.
1: I know. Um,
2: So I like
0: the idea that... We're getting into our fanfic section, technically, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I like the idea, Ryan, that your character is really good at this discovery part of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And Darcy's character has this, like, tailoring thing. And I like the idea that you have been providing these IOTUM for... Mm. Darcy's character that like that makes your connection sense. there that like we worked for the seamstress and we're like this is cool we're really great at this and then you're like I want to do something more with the tailoring and like I want to make cooler things than just regular clothes mm-hmm. and then Ryan's character
2: provides some of that special material until we all go adventuring to find it ourselves. I love that which of those I could, I could like make probably either of those background connections fit yeah. do you have an idea about how do you want to make that fit? Right. Like we could have this like really deep history. And I like, you know, maybe, uh, Amelia, your character and Maya are like really thinking about how mm-hmm. can we, how can we like achieve cooler, greater things. And then like in walks, you know, one of our childhood friends, right. Yeah. This amazing, mm-hmm. like someone who's, I'm, I'm imagining the cloud strife, right? Like yeah. you went off to like, go be an explorer, <laughs> caravan <laughs> around in your back. Like Super strong and capable. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I think I want to go with uh, childhood friend. Um, cool. Or or it could be even family, technically, because um, it's oh. just you knew each other as children.
2: Ooh, um, that could be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's say uh, we were uh, like best friends as children.
2: I love it. That's really cool. All right. Awesome. So the final one is like uh, probably the one that I use the the least often, um, depending on the setup. So from your descriptor, you can get an initial link to the starting adventure, which is like, you know, man, if game starts in five minutes and you're like whipping together your pregen and we're all just trying to figure out how these weird characters would be in the same room together, like if if that hadn't emerged already, you can pick your descriptor. Will tell you like here's a way that you can hook yourself into the adventure. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have a list of options. Um, I could see that one of the other PCs was hurt, so I offered their aid. But we kind of really know each other. Um, I thought that someone else was crying out in need. When I investigated, I found the other PCs. Uh, I believed that the other PCs task could end up helping a huge number of people. This was all playing to my nurturing side. Or I'd helped someone else until they no longer needed my care. So you went looking for someone or something else to nurture. Hmm. Very charming. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I would pick something else unique for our starting adventure. because like, But maybe that does inspire me to like, you know, what, what does get the three of us out adventuring finally, yeah. right? Is it, I would love to find that adventure hook between the three of us when we fanfic. <laughs> yeah. I
1: really like the, um, I really like the, the fact that we're all very familiar with one another before the, the first adventure begins. Yeah. And then something happens to push us in that direction. Yeah. Um, I was looking at mine, and uh, you were talking about how my character might have gone exploring and then come back eventually.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, One of my options is you were investigating a series of strange occurrences, which led you to (gasps) to the other PCs and your current situation.
2: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. So that sounds like uh, I got got into some really mystery stuff and really... uh, had to get back to my roots to to get people i trusted
2: i love it i wonder if my outlaw friend is like somehow tied up in all this right mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you amelia what is uh um prepared yeah, to give I you? i don't really like any of them yeah that's really um.
0: cool. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to
2: be built See, for like one shots where it's like here's a your random adventures who team up suddenly
0: Right. Yeah. So like one of them, um, when all your preparations came to nothing, you had nothing left to do but to strike out on your own, which is when the other PCs found you. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, um, for someone as prepared as you are, having friends to help you is just common sense. Huh. Um, let's see here. You could tell the other PCs weren't bringing the right tools for the job, so you offered (laughs) to help. (laughs) Or the other PCs asked you to help them get ready for an important journey, and you ended up going with them.
2: Mm, Cool. Yeah, I think what we would do is, like, our characters are so well synergized that we would sort of build that ourselves. It sounds like we're friends. I think your mysterious occurrences sounds very exciting. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that, like, you know... Uh, the Cypher System rulebook, the revised one that came out um, that has a lot more options more recently, uh, incorporated character arcs into it, which is just a formalized system of something that's already in Numenera, which is about like, if players have personal goals that they want to pursue, that can be a way that they can like get XP. If Mm -hmm. they say like, you know, and I could already kind of see these character arcs. I I could imagine character arcs like, you know, maybe I have this outlaw friend that we might run into Mm -hmm. later, right? That could be Mm -hmm. a really interesting... I have to contend with like who this person has become and like, how do I feel about how they've changed? You know, Amelia, like I could really imagine it being a driver of the whole campaign potentially. Like if, if we wanted it to be like Mm -hmm. your beast form and like what, what you want to do with that and what you might want to seek to augment it or come to terms with it or change it. And like, you know, series of mysterious occurrences, like all of these could be very good campaign length sort of issues. Very cool. Uh, that is the end of character creation. Oh wow! Yeah, we didn't
0: name our people. Oh, we didn't name our people.
1: We have to Dang name it. our people.
0: To bring that up because I hate doing it. Uh, no. um, but we did not name them. You're
2: so right. Okay, it is. It is, without a doubt, the hardest part uh, for mm-hmm. me. Okay, so I can't remember if there are any like sample names. Let me check. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Dang it. But I mean, you've got a
1: billion years of naming conventions to work through. So I imagine that uh, pretty much anything goes, right?
2: You're so right. You're so right. Um, there are two like major weird visitant species or sort of like alien species you can pick to play in hmm. um, the Ninth World. And they have some examples of those names, but they don't have regular names. So... I might pick something, you know, we have, we have sci-fi to draw from, we have fantasy to draw from, we have a billion years of whatever weirdness is happening Mm -hmm. here. Um, What's a cool, like, right name?
1: All right, I've got mine.
2: What's yours? I'm going
1: with uh, Celine Lightfoot, she, her pronouns.
2: Thank you. I love it. That is so cool. Oh my god, this is so hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Look, I've got a baby name book. Like, <gasps> nice, good call. Yeah, I often fifty thousand plus baby names. Bless.
1: I guess I could have gone um, with like Arizona Smith or something like that too.
2: One <laughs> of <laughs> my Set cheats is to like, yeah. One of my cheats is like to pick a title instead of a name. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's technically just a word Um, (laughs) and then often i like use a regular sort of name of people i know and then like change around some letters Mm -hmm. the classics um i'm gonna play jiran uh x-i-e-r-a-n jiran nice um i'm gonna use they them pronouns uh and i've got some last name let's see i i wonder like if we grew up in the same town like do People tend to have last names that like correspond to, like, you know, Lightfoot. Do they have this sort of like, is the second name something you like pick that kind of describes you or describes mm. your family? I'm kind of inspired by your, by your Lightfoot. Yeah, that's interesting. You, yeah.
1: Um, like family ability. Uh, yeah, maybe like, like a, like a common trait.
2: Yeah, that would be cool. Um, um, uh, I'm thinking something about, like, nimble fingers, but I'm not coming up with the right word for that. Uh, Oh, deft. Deft something, like deft hands or, you know.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: Maybe just deft.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
2: Jiren deft. I like that. You know, I think it's it reminds me of, like, you know, Brewer or, like, Porter or something. Like, some of these become so understood to be like, it, it's not weird that it's an adjective because it's just become a common name for that family. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like that. you're
2: in deft. They, them, I don't, I, last names are hard. They are. And often I just don't pick one because it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I want to go with
0: Ursula. Oh, oh I, I have love it.
1: That is a good name.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna pick a last
2: name. Nice. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's, I often don't. Cool. Okay. Well, name in hand, character sentences, okay. backstory, stats, abilities, ciphers, oddities. I love I it. I think we're ready.
1: That's amazing. I think we did, we
2: did it. Do it. <laughs> oh, amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Go us. Go us. <laughs> oh, we survived that naming. Uh huh. So we did. That so we was did rough. good. That was rough. <laughs> <We did it>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, Darcy, thank you so much for joining us for our Numenera character creation episodes. This was a lot of fun.
2: I had a blast. I really <laughs> want to play with these. I know, right? <laughs> welcome to the problem yeah, we always I have. I could imagine.
1: <laughs>
2: thank you for passing this curse on to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: You're welcome. Uh, so Darcy, you want to remind people where they can find you online?
2: Absolutely. Uh, you can find all of my Monty Cook Games work and related things at montycookgames.com or at Twitter, Monty Cook Games, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Uh, my personal snailology, air plants, excitement, uh, other weird uh, RPG news. Uh, my personal accounts are uh, associated with Darcy L. Ross. So D-A-R-C-Y-L-R-O-S-S. And so come come talk to me on Twitter. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well thank you Darcy and thank you to everyone listening please join us again next week for our discussion episode
1: and also don't forget to check out the montecookgames.com forward slash store as well and use the code ccc5off all lowercase and the number five to get five dollars off your order we'll see you next time
2: thank you listeners
0: Character Creation Cast is hosted by the OneShot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit OneShotPodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows like The Broadswords.
1: The Broadswords is an all-woman D&D podcast focused on drama, roleplay, and subverting stereotypes. Join the Broads as they unravel the mystery of Snowy Rashiman, a land ruled by witches and steeped in superstition. Berserkers reign, and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Euleris, Kila, Mipri all have their own reasons for journeying north, but they soon find they have something in common. They are pawns in a divine plot.
2: you love star wars but kind of wish you didn't then join us on the expounded universe podcast as we read through all the old star wars novels that took the galaxy far far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where han solo can punch a giant otter and luke skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of dinty moore beef stew did you like princess leia well too bad now she's a space racist don't believe me you'll just have to listen to find out on expounded universe